The Hawks had their chances but couldn't put away their opponents. Richmond running out 36-point winners. The frustrating defeat continued the season's trend of so close yet so far for Hawthorne who remain in no man's land, neither in the eight nor at the bottom of the ladder. We're going to look at the loss and just what it means for the club right here on the Hawk Talk podcast, the go-to show for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. My name is Nick Mason and I'm joined by a man who just enjoyed a very, very special milestone. We touched upon it last week. Tim O'Brien's 50th game. Good day, Tis. And didn't he play like it was his 50th game? What a milestone for him. It's one of his better ones, lately, at least. Well, he took his opponents on. Fantastic tackle on that young uh, Tiger. He sort of split him in two. It was a wonderful moment. He just powered up. <laughs> As per my gif at the time that I deployed on Twitter, he went full Super Saiyan. But I just saw this afternoon the club are saying that he seems to have got confidence in himself again. Which is great news. Cause we he, know how good he can be when he's confident. He went through a real rough patch last year and, you know, we picked up on it. Hawthorne fans picked up on it. It must have been overwhelming for him. There was a lot of pressure on the guy. And he seems to have turned it around. Completely revitalised in his new role, which is yes. great to see. And he definitely got the nod ahead of Brand this week. Mm, that's true. They did back him in. And I thought he, he played quite well, um, considering the result. Mistake not to include Brand? It is interesting, isn't it? If you look at the lineup, and you know Frawl is going to be a laid out on Friday, which Clarko admitted, and they don't bring Brand in, what, what's going on there? Well, they opted for Connor Glass in the end, who played reasonably well, but still, I think in the minds of Hawthorne fans, probably still an odd decision. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen Sicily have a bit more room to work with. He had one of his lowest disposal rates this year as a result of him not having the space that for all he's been providing. Well, Sicily was a tad preoccupied with uh, one of the best forwards in the league. Oh, so he's the best forward now, is he? I said one of the best. Don't <laughs> mix my words. He's not. He was nothing too impressive, was he? Ah, oh, look, I think they... He doesn't miss, I'll give him that. He's quite a good kick. I, I feel like it was a very entertaining contest on the day. I think they broke even. Mm. Um, some people suggesting Sicily got the better. But, I mean, Lynch kicked three. I think we can call that a draw. Yeah, I thought it was a good contest. Good to watch. Um, I certainly think our game style didn't cut it in either AFL or the VFL, which is quite interesting. We just don't have the... They seem to have the kryptonite for our game plan, don't they? That's right. We're going to get stuck into the recap in just a moment. But first, the social media stuff. iTunes, you can rate and review us on iTunes. We're up to 146 ratings now, Tiz. Now, speaking of 146, one player has played exactly 146 games for Hawthorne. Member of our 91 Premiership side, Stephen Lawrence. Big gentle giant Stevie. He played some magnificent games. One I particularly remember is he sort of nonchalantly knocked out that big fat Peter Sumich one day. <laughs> he was a loathsome forward. God, I hated him. <laughs> well, what a trip down memory lane this is turning out to be. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, these days it's, uh, oh, look what happened. What a shame. But that Stevie was really quite apologetic about it. <laughs> Now, uh, Stephen Lawrence... Very much like when uh, McAvoy took out Jetta that day. Oh, yes. Yes, no fond memories there. Uh, Stephen Lawrence was a uh, South African-born ruckman who kicked a career-best five goals on debut against Jeez. North Melbourne, <laughs> <laughs> which I very much enjoyed. Uh, back in 1988, that was. That same day, he notched up 24 touches, five marks and five hitouts. Hell of a debut there, Tiz. Yeah, that's uh, stamping a mark, isn't it? Sadly, he was injured the following week and was out for the season. So, oh, God. I mean, okay. a bit of a twist of fate there, unfortunately. Can but, you imagine breaking into that 1988 side? Oh, I know. Jeez. 
Wow. What a time to be a Hawk. Uh, he was back with a vengeance and played a vital role in Hawthorne's 91 Premiership campaign, in which he was apparently awarded Player of the Final Series. So uh, as much as I tried to find citations for that, couldn't really online. Well, no, uh, that would be for the club. The club award a player of the final series each I year. understand that, but the like, I tried to Google it and get proper oh, confirmation think, yeah, of no, it. Is. I doubt, doubt the records are public. No. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of, uh, even on the night for the Peter Crimmins, you know, where the votes are going, it, it mm. takes... It, it it takes a little while for you to get the the sums, but it's quite interesting. Remember, I went through and did the votes, and yes. we saw Burton was well down last year, and then all of a sudden he shuffled off. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting to watch the trajectory of the voting from the coaches themselves. Mm, very That's much why so. I'm going to find it fascinating this year because Hendo and O'Meara and Impey. Yes, and last year Hardwick coming from nowhere to nearly. To come into second, mm. and, and Tom as, Mitchell. You know, as we commented at the time, it says a lot about what the club thinks of him. Their, their yeah, the estimation, internal, the, the internal barometers for these boys. Exactly right. Now, uh, Stephen Lawrence, he starred in the grand final win in 1991 with 21 possessions, 10 marks, and 18 hitouts. Late in his career, with the arrival of Paul Salmon to the club, Lawrence reinvented himself as a resolute, strong marking defender. Uh, he's a father of six, I can tell you, tis, and holds degrees in humanities, education, and theology. Any of them any good at football? Because uh, obviously, <laughs> no? Well, I don't know. Okay. But we can see where your mind's at <laughs> after the loss to Richmond. You're already thinking future. McGuinness. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so there you go. There's Stephen Lawrence, 146 games for the Hawthorne Football Club and uh, fondly remembered as uh, part of the 91 Premiership side. So hats off to you, Stephen Lawrence. Now, you can also find us on Twitter, at HawkTalkPod. Keep on building that community, Hawks fans. Share it with your, your fellow Hawks fans if you haven't already. You can find us on Facebook too, facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod. Now, the game on the weekend, that uh, favourite fixture of ours, that Sunday 320 game. Oh, joy. Uh, Richmond, 14-11-95, defeated Hawthorne, 8-11-59. Yep, they did. And, <laughs> That's uh, just facts. Yeah, well, we were injured out of this game, don't you think? Didn't take our chances early. I think it's a combination of those two things, yes. And uh, two of our big men went down, and we seemed to have no targets whatsoever. Well, Although we didn't kick it long to Poppy, which I'll congratulate everybody at the club on. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was different this time round. You wondered by the quarter time siren, looking at that scoreline, if things were going to come to pass exactly as you feared as a Hawks fan. It's like uh, very much we, like we, like that Geelong game. Yeah, where are we, we, we going to played rue? really well in that first quarter, and all of a sudden they were ahead at the end of the quarter. Exactly right. Are we going to rue these missed opportunities? The goals in red time is still a big problem as well. Yeah, one so, every quarter. Every, yeah, oh. Oh, it's a shocking trend. Uh, so we couldn't capitalize on our opportunities at all. And uh, Richmond would so easily just make the most of theirs. I think it was admirable that we fought at least to hang in there. I didn't really see a drop off in effort. No, there was a, no lack of endeavour. We were just overrun because you can't. Well, we're down two rotations. Well, I saw Gunston come to the bench a couple of times and swear as he was told he couldn't come off. Well, uh, Tim O'Brien was moved forward as well. Um, the advantage that we had going into the game was a height advantage yeah, over Richmond. Yeah, and it was showing. Segler exactly, was taking exactly marks right. everywhere. Segler, the contested marking machine in that first quarter in particular. But when, you, when you'd when you lose Lewis and McAvoy, it just changes so much for this Hawthorne side. And we were up against it. We had to. If we were going to be any chance, even if you were to sustain those injuries, to be any chance of winning that game, we had to get the ascendancy early. And we didn't. Yep. So you can maybe do one or the other. You can't have both. That's the way the to game. beat Richmond too. You've got to 
you got to uh, pressure them on the scoreboard early mm-hmm. in the game, and then they lose their structures. Well, we saw that in the uh, preliminary final last year. Mm. It's Colling- Collingwood did exactly that and ran all over them. But I'm going to display one of the worst things I've seen in a long time. Hawthorne in the forward half, 49% of the time, right? 11 marks inside 50. Mm-hmm. But the percentage goal per inside 50, 16%. Oh, God, that is a damning number. That's one in, what, six? It's just very, very low. So Richmond only ran at 27%. But then you factor in that Richmond kicked at 54% accuracy and Hawthorne at 36 Well, Alistair Clarkson described the contest as feeling delicately balanced midway through the third quarter, but all it took was a few errors, which the Tigers capitalised on, and they became spirit crushers, which I think is a pretty succinct summary of the game. And it shows that even the Tigers, not perfect in front of goal, but they did enough, and it, it closed the door on the contest. I said to myself at halftime that Hawthorne needed to believe uh, that they could win this, and I felt that those two errors really knocked that out of them. But mm. there was a lot of Hawthorne pressurising themselves because Hawthorne had better pressure stats, but mm. they were re- reacting like they were about to get tackled all the time. The overuse around the Ford 50 arc is uh, something I'd like now, to see us eliminate out of our game. Now, I thought that was a good tactic, the shallow entries to the forward 50 mm. and maintaining possession. It meant that we had shots from further out and less likely to kick them, but I could see it It was working quite well because it, it meant that you had to, the defence would bunch up from Richmond and sometimes mm. we had the ability to get over the back. Whereas if we were kicking long, there was just no way we were ever going to have a successful entry. I see sense in it. On, on the things that you just outlined, but it seems like we were very nervy and, and it's almost like no one was willing to pull the trigger at times. When, I don't know, call me crazy, but I think well, AFL they're players... They're mindful of the slingshot because we've been... I know. Oh, we've yeah. been absolutely stuffed by the slingshot mm. with Melbourne. Oh, yeah. What do you think Richmond are going to do on the slingshot? Oh, and, and they they would know. Clarko would know that as well. We, you know, fear being torched on the rebound, but... You know, call me crazy, I think AFL players should maybe be able to kick 50 metres and kick a goal. Is that is that too weird to request? Or I don't know. We just seemed very uh, very shy about having a crack. Yeah, well, I think the first couple of misses, which was very much like our final against them last year with mm. with Bruce missing, and I think Burgoyne missed early then. Yes, that's right. Um, it just puts the jitters through everybody. Yeah, maybe it is a confidence thing. Yeah, maybe that is the cause of it. I'd like to see it cracked down upon anyway in our game because, God, it's frustrating to see. You've got to remember that there were other blokes to, t- to shoulder the burden of the must-kick sh- goal. Mm. You know, Hale kicked a few. It used to be Franklin and Ruffy. Cyril would have must-kick goals. And now mm. it's falling to Gunston and Bruce for these must-kick goals. And it, it's... And, I mean, people were very harsh about Dylan Moore missing that goal as well. That mm. would have been his first goal in AFL. Yeah, I thought so. And when he did finally kick his first goal in AFL, I was quite disappointed to see that the whole side didn't get rounded. No, no one cared. Mm. No, that's Which right. Was, I noticed that too. That wasn't great. And it's no. not a good look. And the club would be seeing that and wondering what the ethos was like amongst this team. Well, I mean, we hark back to what Clarkson said, spirit crushers. That's basically where the team was at. Their well, he's going to have down. to. He's going to have to find some insulation for that because they've got to. Re, they've got to reward that as a. Just psychologically, they have to mm. reward Dylan Moore for kicking that first goal. Yep, and he needs that. 
young bloke, it do wonders for his confidence. Well, it's also a release for them. You know, they can mm. celebrate the little things. Yeah. And they, it looks like they're going to have to because McAvoy's out for four to six, we just read. Yeah, I, I'm not going to mince my words with listeners here, but uh, when we saw that on the Booper Recovery Report, I said that's our season. So, I, Well, that's our, you know, that's making finals very, very difficult. One I guess of, one of those weeks is a bye, so we're only missing it yeah. for five. And it's a big call for Clarko this week because mm. you got Ruffy down there in the seconds. We saw him running around against Richmond in the VFL. Didn't do the lot. In fact, sometimes I just put him into the back line just to see if he could get a touch. Mm. And I'm not sure if you can overlook him now without... No. Especially if Mitch Lewis doesn't get up. Yeah, still a cloud over him at this point. We, I guess we won't know till later in the week. The indications in that Booper report were that he wasn't still feeling it, so he, mm. he could be all right. We heard from one of our listeners, Lenny, at Hawk Talk Pod. He said, happy to lose with 22 fit players and say that we're not good enough. But now, now that makes three losses, Bulldogs, Saints and Tigers, who were undermanned and lost because of injuries. And we heard from Enns as well. Regarding our in-game injuries affecting rotations, have we ever had it affect us as it has this year? I can't remember a time where we've been so battered in-game in a season. I think... The less good you are, the more you notice when a player isn't out there. I'd agree with that, yeah. I think, and there's a lack of cohesion in this team anyway, so you need everybody to be playing well. And, and it's someone like McAvoy, he's such a key figure well, I mean, to everything that we're trying to accomplish. We had go down, we've had Stratton go down with a concussion. Mm-hmm. We've had... Uh, Burgoyne and Shields in the one game for the Bulldogs. Yep. You know, at, at different times in the Saints game, we had Smith sustain injury, Cousins, Nash in the same game as That's well. Right. And Richmond, we've just seen Lewis and McAvoy. So we're being battered on the park at the moment and being forced to adjust and sort of take things on the fly. But it just unsettles a lineup. It, well, it would unsettle any lineup. But again, you look at someone like McAvoy, he's so key, he's so critical to what we're trying to do. It's That's hard to come back from, especially mid-game. And I worry a bit as to how we're going to line up against Port, but we'll get to that soon. Uh, one bright spark, speaking of Port, in a roundabout way, Jarman Impey, <laughs> once again, shining light. Uh, we heard from one of our listeners, Jacob. Is Impey now our most important player? The speed he adds to an otherwise slow backline, along with the fact that he's become so good in the air and one-on-one has made him a very good player. His aggressive run and improved disposal off half-back also sets us up beautifully. Yep, 21 touches at 95% disposal mm-hmm. efficiency, only Two of those contested, which is interesting. 18 uncontested means he's spreading and six intercepts, so he's reading the ball really, really well. Ten marks for the day and just the one clanger for the game. He just looks so good when he gets the ball. He's been a massive improver from last year. He has. We all knew he had it in him. And and we were all basically, what did we bother with him for last year? At about round 17, weren't we? Because he was butchering it. Well, that's right. I think, I don't know about you, but personally I viewed Impey as, if he shows up on the day, if he has a good game, that's a nice little bonus for us and we don't exactly rest all of our expectations upon it. I would say this year, Impey is just really critical. It's, uh, you know, he is showing up every week and damn, like we kind of need him to. So it's good that he's uh, continued this run of form. Got to say that he's not involved in a lot of scoring chains. So that obviously needs to improve. He may not be taking the right options, but he's not wasting 
is, is ball use anymore. Yeah, that's something at least. Now, uh, Connor Glass came into the side. We heard from Daniel at Hook Talk Pod. Thoughts on Connor Glass and where he's at? There were some impressive bits to his game on the weekend. I'm hoping he's given more opportunities over the course of the season. Yeah, he looks good when he's got the ball, but he's naive when he doesn't. So that's got to come through experience. Well, he's got to... Um... Man up, be on the right side of his opponent, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when he's under the ruckman and and we're not getting the taps. I thought he went still, nevertheless. He went a long way to uh, repay the faith. He was called up after Frawley was a late withdrawal. Surprise call up, as we uh, mentioned before. Well, I, I'm not sure we could go all that tall against that forward line that Richmond mm, has. They're that's just, right. There's a lot of midgets there. Yeah. And you certainly couldn't play Frawley with a hamstring, uh, any kind of, uh, what do I call it, hamstring awareness? I think as Clarkson would like to put it, it was maybe a bit of a grumbly hamstring. <laughs> yeah. What's this grumbly crap? Hashtag grumbly hamstring. <laughs> <laughs> Look, in my opinion, I, I thought that was maybe the first time that Glass looked like he might belong at that level. Uh, 13 touches, you know, modest game, but 92.3% disposal efficiency, not a single clanger for the day. Beautiful kick inside 50 that turned into a goal assist. I think that might have been a, a long surging kick to uh, Gunston. Yep. Ended up putting that through. Um, so they were kind of my two shining lights. I've got a bunch of honourable mentions if you want to get to those, tiers. Actually, I think you've overlooked the uh, star performer, Segler. Although he got beaten in the ruck, and he did get trounced. 50% of Soldo's taps were to advantage, mm. which is almost unacceptable. Yeah. So What's he, like a 19-year-old rookie, basically? Yeah. Yeah, he's a, no, he's a nobody. Segler should be doing better than that. Exactly, but then he gets twenty six touches. He and he was. Did you notice he was taking it out of the ruck? Yes, I did actually. That was interesting. I didn't yeah. mind that. I wondered when Richmond were going to clue onto that. Yeah. So of his twenty twenty six touches, he had fifteen of those contested, mm. which um, eight marks. And we saw how good his hands were around the ground. Well, when he was up and about, that's when we looked most dangerous. Now, obviously, that evaporated over time with our outs and so forth, but. God, he looked good in the early parts of that game. And then he kicked two goals last week. He's in a rare patch of form. He's doing well, Segler. He's doing well. And he's going to need to keep that up, unfortunately. So, well, uh, yeah, well, he's going to have Timmy in the... I mean, Tim Tim O'Brien, mm. right. He, he say that he had a, a decent game, but then he went and played Ruck, and then he played key forward yes. by the end of the game. Speaking of asking a lot, what about this guy, James Warple? 26 touches, led the way with tackles, sticking seven for the day. Uh, retweeted something on uh, on Twitter just recently at Hawk Talk Pod, uh, looking at all of his averages compared to the 2018 season. He's played less games. I think he's played two less than he managed last year in total, and uh, he's up on basically every stat. There's nothing I can't like about Warple. <laughs> he started lowering his eyes as well. Mm-hmm. He was 73 percent disposal efficiency. Uh, nine contested, 18 uncontested, six marks, four intercepts, which is interesting. I didn't think that was part of his game, but seven tackles indicates his intent and four scoring involvements with an 85% time on ground, which I think is his highest for the year. But I think prob- you might be right. But but probably due to the fact that we had injuries. Mm-hmm. But, gee, he's becoming dependable now, and he's starting to get some cohesion with uh, Shields and O'Meara. Yeah, that's right. He's... Development is everything that we need it to be. Walpole is tracking along very nicely. And he's and certainly not getting the benefit of the tap. So <laughs> it's interesting this year. I can see so much development in so many individuals, but as a side, they don't seem to be developing. And I think that'll just click. 
one day through Clarko's endeavours, obviously. Mm, mm. Um, but, I mean, we keep reading out these disposals efficiencies mm. that are really high, and I think a couple of weeks ago I pointed out that perhaps they're choosing when they want the ball. Mm. And I've noticed that a lot of guys are put uh, 100% getting it to another bloke <laughs> who's under pressure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which ha- seemed to happen a lot in the second quarter. It's true. And obviously that doesn't show up on, the, like that hospital hand pass kind of stuff. That doesn't show mm. up on the stat sheet. Now, uh, another honourable mention must go to Ricky Henderson, who posted another set of impressive stats, adding to his stellar season. 30 touches at 86.7% disposal efficiency. Six inside 50s, the most of any hawk for the day, it is. Yeah, and what did you think of Bruce? I would have liked Bruce to nail a couple of more goals. <laughs> but I mean, he kicked three. And he almost sparked our fight back single-handedly in front of goals. So, I mean... Eight scoring involvements, one assist, three goals, two, a couple of glaring misses, but that that boy's the most consistent and he's our top goal scorer. I can I can see people online being quite harsh on Bruce, but when you read out stuff like that and you you know, deploy the fact that he is our top goal scorer, I I don't know if you can be that critical really. And there's another bloke they're coming for too. Strats. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, we've heard from some of our listeners uh, about Ben Stratton. We heard from TJ41 at Hawk Talk Pod. Has the captaincy done harm to Strats' game this year? I think his form has been dead ordinary. And Simon at Hawk Talk Pod adds, Stratton is legitimately battling. If he wasn't captain, he'd be in the frame for a spell at Box Hill. Tis. It's a fair comment? I'm going to put them on blast, all these people. Oh, no. You've yeah, turned. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, here we go. Talk about garbage. All right. So who of our most who are our most improved players? Uh well Warple's gonna be one. Right. Impy. Right. Scrimshaw's new, so I can't say Yeah, you it? can. Okay, well put Scrimshaw in there. Off his off his uh previous efforts, he's a lot better. Tim O'Brien, I'd add. Yep. Uh I'd even put Sicily in there right. as well. Yep. There's something something going on there. Are they all the blokes that surround <laughs> Stratton when he's out there on the park? You make a very good point, Tiz. Yeah, so he's taking the absolute garbage rolls yep. and letting all these boys get the get all the kudos. Yeah, the gloss has gone out of Strat's and game a bit. So he's doing all the workmanlike stuff that he always did. He was never that that last season. That was one out of the box. We didn't think Stratton had that in him, and that wasn't really his game style. Let's look at what he produced against Richmond. Let's not. No, <laughs> come on, come on. He had a hundred percent game time. Yeah. Played the entire. That's not unusual for Strats. Played the entire game. Just the eight touches. Just like we don't want bloody Frawley kicking into our forward fifty, we don't really want the ball in Strats' hands anyway. Yeah, it's a fair enough comment. Are we going to go with um, James Sisley going forward this week or oh, that again? No, really? No. When is that going to end? <laughs> Every win or loss these days, it does not matter. We'll hear from people that insist on, oh, James Sisley needs to go forward. No, he doesn't. Stop. We haven't kicked 100 points for a long time, though. Oh, so that'll remedy the whole thing? Absolutely. Well, I mean, how many more goals are going to be kicked by the opposition if Sicily's not down there compared to how many are we going to kick that's with Sicily forward? Well, that's the thing I'm worried about. <laughs> Why would you rob our well, backline? that's line? the equation. That's the equation. Yeah, and I think it's a pretty obvious answer. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> do I have to give a, an estimation of what would happen? He's our star backman. Don't you think that... The end game for Sicily is somewhere forward. Is it? You think Clark has just, just told him that's that's it? That's your career? Uh, 
Oh, look, maybe, but it's it feels like it'd be maybe... Intercept defender till the end of time. <laughs> You're being so melodramatic about it. Like, that would be such a bad thing. Well, I mean, he's got this huge ego, loves a goal. I yes. can see him going forward again. I can see him going forward if Clarko really wants to try and... I can see Scrimshaw being as good as Sicily at the back yeah. there. I'm not saying it'll never happen. It's that you don't do it with this team currently. Okay. And that's... Yeah, All you abs- have to work with is you can enough. only work with the present. You can only work with reality, yes. Yep. So, look, I give an honourable mention to James Sicily, who was clearly up against it all day battling Tom Lynch. He had three goals kicked on him, as we mentioned, but look, there's there was no alternative out there. I think he did a very good job on Lynch, considering. And it could have been far worse. Like, Hawks fans, as soon as they got even a whiff of Frawley being out, regardless of whether Brand was in or not, they said, oh, well, that's it, Lynch will kick 10. Well, you wouldn't have said... Uh, Lynch was the the one that changed the game. That was no. Dustin Martin. Exactly right. Uh, speaking of uh, all things midfield, we heard from Matt at Hawk Talk Pod. A bit of a concern is our midfielders' ball use and decision making. I love Jager, but a little too often he just makes the wrong decision or executes poorly. Uh, yep, he does. Yeah, disposal efficiency has been down the last few weeks. Yeah, what do you go at 60 this time? It always hovers around there, yeah. The thing about Jager is he doesn't go backwards. Hmm. He always looks to go forward. Is that a knock on his game or just a, just an observation? Uh, no, it's an observation. He's a very a- aggressive player. Mm. Um, he probably needs to be a little bit more cautious because I think he got stung a couple of times on the weekend. But mm-hmm. I don't think you want to take that out of his game style. As we went deeper into that game, there wasn't much forward of the ball anyway for him to kick to. That's right, yeah. So it's probably quite harsh to criticise him for that. We heard from one of our listeners, Enns, as well, at Hawk Talk Pod. I keep seeing people saying we need to go to the draft and get some good young players, like we don't already have talented youngsters there already. The team needs to learn how to play cohesively, and our youngsters just need more experience. Yeah, I just want to underline that if Hawthorne had kicked at the rate that Richmond kicked their goals, we would have kicked four more goals. Mm. And that makes it a much nicer scoreline. <laughs> yes. Doesn't it? I mean, we don't win, but I don't think we deserve that margin by the end. Even though Clarko came out and said that's exactly how far we are off them. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. I didn't think Richmond were that good for that long. No. I often find myself agreeing with Clarkson. Uh, I like how he performs in his post-match presses usually, but on that occasion, I didn't really agree with him. I didn't think Richmond were anything that special. If anything, I could have easily seen the, the comments that he made against Melbourne the idea that, well, we're both playing around in the same mud. Neither of us are going to be contenders. I don't think Richmond are going to be. That would be my call, but you can't deploy that line every week, every time you lose. (laughs) Sour grapes there. Yeah, I didn't mind a few of their efforts, but they're nothing like they used to be. No, I mean, well, you'd expect as much from a, a side that's been gutted of some of its best players. Absolutely, but they're still winning games, and that that's... All you need to do. That's key. That's something they did at VFL level as well, unfortunately for us. Uh, Yeah, well, they're undefeated at uh, VFL level. It made me wonder whether I should turn up and have a bit of a squiz at Box Hill, but I did. And I'm glad I did. We only lost by by eight points in a game where momentum shifted pretty wildly back and forth. And uh, I chose to sit at the end that was not the scoring end, Tiz. (laughs) (laughs) Bit of a frustrating decision, but there I was. Was the uh, Richmond station end the scoring end, was it? It was, yeah. Yeah. 
That's where I think... A gale blowing. Something like uh, a Brendan Gale. Uh, 13 out of uh, 15 goals were kicked at the one end. So, yep, I chose poorly. So at full time, it was 11-12-78 to 11-4-70. And so an eight-point loss from the Box Hill Hawks, who didn't kick a goal, didn't even score in the first quarter, Mm. and then put six goals, two in the second to take the lead. Uh, Richmond, two goals, four to six goals, two at half time. It was quite something because Box Hill could not get a look at the goals in that first quarter. And then they completely turned the game on its head. Richmond were, were the ones struggling. They couldn't do anything going forward either. So it was, it was a funny old game and a very entertaining contest as a result to see how it was going to play out. Unfortunately, it didn't go our way. Now, everyone mind should be turning to Mark Pitnett now. And obviously the hashtag that we've got to deploy. Which is? Uh, we're, we're taking submissions. <laughs> yep. Not many things rhyme with Pitnet. Yeah, and the ones that rhyme with Mark, eh, not always the best. I thought Jez's was all right. Go for it. That's one of our listeners, Jez. Mark's our spark. Okay, so hashtag Mark's our spark is probably the leading candidate. <laughs> you didn't like mine the uh, since he played for Xavier College, the saviour from Xavier? There's a lot of Xavier players. Yeah, but he's the saviour. <laughs> <laughs> Or he's going to have to be. There's no McAvoy for six weeks. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Although, okay, so let's look at what Pitto did. He uh, he had a magnificent game in the ruck with 43 hitouts mm-hmm. against his opponent who had 10, uh, which is Chol. However, Chol kicked the last two goals of the match, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He basically wrapped it up. However, yeah. at, those, at those points, not Pitto's direct opponent. Okay. I will not... Because that looked bad on the stats sheet. I know it looks bad, I know. But to my recollection, and anyone who saw the game, feel free to correct me, I could be wrong, but I do not think... So who was Manning Manning Charles? Uh, Would have been, unfortunately... Brand or... Brand or Mirror, who both had pretty good games, Well, they were meant to be the best on ground for Rocks Yeah, that's right. Um, Ruffy, any any danger of being called up off his his one-goal, six-touch effort? He's... He's not going to have a choice. Like I, I turned up and saw him on the half-back flank and thought, oh, jeez, he's going to be having a good day. Well, he started forward. He right. started forward, and then he was shifted there. I was like, okay, well, that's that's interesting. But, yeah, he just never really got a look at it and was, oh, look, he's an old man, isn't he, comparatively to some of those guys Ooh. running around. There's well, well, a drive-by. You can't dispute numbers, Tiz. <laughs> the guy's old compared to some of the guys on that park. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but basically, they're, what, 19, 20-year-olds. They're just a bit more nimble Okay, for, yep. for Big Ruff. Mm-hmm. Now, don't look at me like that. <laughs> How did Dan Howe go? Dan Howe was one of our best, but it didn't stop me from having a bone to pick with him because he cost us two goals in that final quarter. Did he? He did, what very did he, directly. What happened? Uh, a couple of wrong options, I think. Okay. Yeah. Intercepted passes? Because his kicking can go on him when he gets tired. Yeah, I'm struggling to remember now, but I was. I don't think I actually ended up tweeting it out. It might have been saved as a draft, but yeah. Anyway, six, 27 touches, six tackles, really tried to impact the game, you can tell. Um, it's a bit of a shame that he, he got exposed at the last. Basically, yeah. I think that might have been the reason why I didn't tweet anything in the end, because uh, he was one of Box Hill's best. Uh, in terms of the other leading disposal getters for Box Hill, Mirror with 23, Kilpatrick 20, Mercedes 18, and Meadows with 18. And uh, in terms of goal kickers, Ross just keeps on ticking along nicely. Yeah. He got three for the day. 
three straight, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. of 14 touches. And I think um, I was surprised by how many touches Hanrahan got. So he's doing quite well again. Um, I saw Andrew Moore went off. He looked like he got a shoulder injury for some time there, but uh, recovered. Yeah. Same as uh, Brand. Brand was uh, hobbling off in the hands of uh, two trainers, and I thought that was his day done. He came back on almost immediately. So Jeez. okay. I, to, to the point where I think I ended up tweeting out... Uh, have I made a mistake? Was that not Caden Brand who came limping from the field? Yeah. I, was, I could have sworn he was done. But no, he came back on. Uh, I guess one injury concern, which was reported from one of our listeners, in fact, was uh, I think Minchington did a hamstring. Oh, did he again? Yeah. He had a That'll two- be the second this year. Yeah. He had a two-goal game. And uh, sadly, yeah, that was him done with a hamstring again. Uh, Walker pitched in with one. Byrne. Uh, Jones, Kilpatrick. So Walker's... A little bit frustrating. How did he go this week? He's a live wire. Like, he's definitely exciting. Connor Nash? Nash didn't really do anything. Damn. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, after all that time away from the game, I suppose. Yeah, this, no. This is his first game in five. Yep. Give him time. Give him time. Because uh, we could do with an informed Connor. Nash. <laughs> Hawthorne versus Port Adelaide at UTAS, 1.45pm on Saturday. Now, the last time we played Port down in Tassie... We turned an absolute stinker of a first quarter. Well, uh, remember what turned the game? The 50 to Tom Mitchell? Tom Mitchell, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, probably one instance when the umpires really obviously helped us back into the contest. <laughs> and we had no right to be in it. Uh, so we climbed off the canvas and we recorded a three-point victory that day. These clashes against Port, they're always... We should never have won that. No, we should never have won the, that game. Uh, these games against Port, they always make me a bit nervous, Tears. I don't know if you feel the same, but I never liked playing Port Adelaide. Why? We beat them when it counts. Oh, well, that's true. Oh, that famous, uh, that smother. An amazing moment. I, I almost felt like they were going to pay something against Lakey. Yes. Oh, tell me about it. Oh, so close. I'm sure I've told this story on the podcast before, but after that match, went back to the pub, uh, a few of the M10 blokes, Hawk Headquarters guys, and um, one of them said, enjoy this moment because we're not going to be back here next year. Really? Yep. Beautiful. <laughs> I remember it clearly. Well, he's about... right. I mean, Port Adelaide weren't anywhere near us. <laughs> In a sense, yeah, we weren't back at that pub. Uh, we're too busy celebrating. <laughs> now, uh, we've heard some news from Port Adelaide. Their ruckman, Scott Lysett, is reportedly in doubt for this clash with an adductor injury. Now, to add to that, Robbie Gray and Tom Jonas may play, but that'll be pending assessment. That'd be unlikely, you'd think. They'd yeah. look at our us and say, oh, well, they're undermanned. We can go in undermanned as well. I think so, yeah. Why risk them? Uh, meanwhile, Port's medical staff have effectively ruled out Ryan Burton. As mentioned last week. Yep. We Although, <laughs> that plonker of a coach they've got <laughs> seemed to suggest that Ryan might be playing. Oh, he was an outside chance, yeah. But yeah. He's, it's basically ruled out at this point. So did you see that? Uh, Darcy Byrne Jones got 934 metres gained last what? week. If we could have someone on him, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Connor Rosie, mm. they've got their own Connor. Yeah. He's playing quite well. He's still young, so. Yeah, plenty of time for them to bugger up his development. Exactly. And, uh, you know, he's got to have a down game sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but he's a, he's a nice, silky player. It should be a, should be a decent game to watch, you'd expect. One forty-five on Saturday. It's it's not a three twenty Sunday game. It's incredible. Yeah, but it's in Tassie. When the when do we play at the G again? 
It's ages away. It's a good month away, we basically. Go, we go to Brisbane, we go to Sydney. and You've got uh, the bye mixed in there as well. So I think it's the 29th of June. Of June, <laughs> jeez. We're so back a, at the G. Well over a month from now. And, uh, Is it against Essendon? Uh, no, it's against West Coast Eagles. Oh, okay. So it'll be interesting. We've got Brisbane Lions in a couple of weeks up at the Gabba. Want to go? With your form? No thanks. <laughs> Essendon at Marvel and then Sydney at the SCG. Oh, Essendon's at Marvel? Come on. Yeah. God, shits me. <laughs> and we've got the buy in between Brisbane and Essendon. So it'll be an interesting little month. Now, are you as engaged with the season as you were before you heard the McAvoy news? Because I love this podcast. I love our club, but I think my expectations for 2019 what's have that, drastically shifted. What's that word I can hear? Hiatus. <laughs> oh, come on. What? Talk, talk, pod on a hiatus. No, no, you can't do that. <laughs> I won't let you. <laughs> now, what's your problem? You're not enjoying it anymore? You're no, I, I enjoy feel it. feel disenfranchised. You're sick from the weekend, losing the 20 million. Because <laughs> oh, of, of the election. Oh, yeah, come on. It's we a bit back, of a sting, isn't didn't it? Didn't the club back the wrong horse there? <laughs> They're like, oh, come down, elbow, come on, come on. Oh, and he puts, the, he puts the scarf on. Here's 20 million for Dingley. Yeah, and it'll, then he puts the Geelong scarf on right. a few days later. How many did he, How much did he give Geelong? How it was also he, 20. Was it? <laughs> Mate, if it was any more than 20, I would not have voted Labor. <laughs> Dead set. I would have been... <laughs> Let it be known At that least... this is that I am a one-eyed supporter. <laughs> There's no better quote to suggest that. We're like one of the most one-eyed clubs. <laughs> Have you seen the stats on who votes liberal in yeah. in, in the Hawthorne membership? Yeah. It's yeah. Absolute. Well, it's probably not ridiculous when you see where all the blue bits are. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, at least Karangamite came for Elbow and they voted Labor. <laughs> you know, we seem to have a go at the Queenslanders a lot on this podcast, but they've basically robbed Hawthorne of 20 million. Is that right? I think so. I think that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, apparently, Shorten's gone. But mm. What is this podcast at the moment? I tell, I tell you what, Elbow, that, that time he spent down at Geelong, he's got, a, he's, got a, he's got a plan. He's got a plan because he's decided that Labor are going to lead with the Elbow. Oh, jeez. You like it? How long was the wind-up for that one? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's... Fair enough. Ablett isn't quick off the mark. But. <laughs> <laughs> Wowee. You did that without notes. I'm kind of impressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you got to have some political satire when the election rolls around, don't you? You do. You do. No, I, I did. But it, make... is, it is interesting. Where where the hell are we going to get the money from now? Yeah, it's a fair chunk of the pie, isn't it? 20 where, and million. Where, and where do they find the money to begin with? <laughs> <laughs> I do like the fact that we're no longer beholden to anybody. We don't have mm-hmm. to have any kickbacks to anybody as a result of receiving the funds, but uh, which you would presume mm. would be part of the part of the deal. Oh, of course, yeah. So, um, but there's a little hole there for us supporters to fill. There's going to be a little bit of because uh, Kenneth's come out in the last month and said the. You know, the AFL are white-anding us with the fixture. And That's right, yeah. And we're not making as much money. It's going to cost us about a million to two million over the course of the last two years, this bad fixturing. And mm. we've got all these plans, and uh, they're just trying to stop us. And then 
Kenneth reaches across the <laughs> across the divide. <laughs> yeah. Gets twenty million bucks out of the Labor Party. Can you imagine the negotiation for Jeffrey? I did wonder about that. <laughs> Everything that happened behind the scenes to secure that, but uh, alas, it's gone begging. So, no, that's, um, that's do we make an appeal to ScoMo? Is <laughs> is he touchable now? Can you, you know, he he likes his rugby or something, doesn't he? Does he? He's on the front of the paper waving some scarf around his head. I thought, oh, that's a bit cheaty. Most I know about him is he likes Maccas. <laughs> <laughs> and even then he doesn't cope with it that well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's interesting. You know, apparently we're into a sort of presidential phase of Australian elections. Anyway. Look, I, I just want to say, no, that's not the reason I'm a bit despondent about Hawthorne. I don't know. I just... You know, you, you get a bit restless as a Hawthorne supporter. We've had so much success that I'm like, oh, come oh, on. mate, come on. We're building, and you can see it building. That's, well, I'm just impatient, that's all. And that's right, I do see it building. I mean, we've, we've talked about uh, Warpool in particular, where the numbers don't lie. It says it all, Warpool is developing quite nicely. He's not the only one on the list that is. You know, I don't see anything happening with this year in terms of September. And so, naturally, I'm like, well, what about 2020? And that makes me excited for the next phase. Make the most of it, mate. How many September holidays have you had in the last 10 years? (laughs) Come on. good point. Book a holiday. And, by the way, have you seen the shirts that are coming out from the Hawthorne Football Club? Go on. Bring back Jacinta's husband. It's going to be great. (laughs) It's going to be fantastic. See, it's marketing opportunities like these. (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, Port Adelaide at UTAS, 1.45pm. I suppose you want the rant, Tiz. Well, not before I find out whether you think Wingard will play, because I'd love to see him up against his former club. Has to. Has to. He must be borderline now. Yep. Hope he gets the nod with the test. I absolutely uh, hope he plays. I reckon he's raring to go as well. I reckon he'd love playing against his old outfit. And you'd expect Frawley plays? Yeah. Yeah, well, the way Clarko was talking about it was he was very close to getting up, but they wanted to just manage him effectively, so... So if... um, if Lysett doesn't play, that means they're bringing in a debutante for the ruck, mm. who's called Laddams or something like that. Okay. And surely we can exert some advantage there. You would hope so, yeah. And you'd think Pitto could rest forward, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I think it's a winnable game. This is the frustrating part. We can never win two in a row, but we're always in most games. Well, I think, you know, part of my the disillusionment that I referred to before is um, I had the thought today that I don't think we start favourites for the rest of the year at this point for me. That'll do well for the multi. <laughs> Saw the twinkle in your eye as soon as I said that. <laughs> uh, no, we don't start favourites and we don't deserve to, but, you know. I've got a feeling that you're going to get the multi this week before you get to the rant. Oh, you want me to do the multi first? No, no, I just I get a feeling you. this might be a good round. Why are you doing this? Why did you say that? I don't know. All right. It's like, it's like, calling, it's like calling in Mitch Lewis to kick that goal. <laughs> I can see you about to nail the multi. Anyway, let's hear the rant. All right. And then <laughs> you can tell us how Porter are going to win in the multi. <laughs> <laughs> Port, Port, the afterthought, the competition's great pretenders, a bunch of make-believe footballers who inspire nothing and no one, merely hovering in mediocrity. You're about as bland as your Millhouse-esque president. Yeah, that guess-who-looking dweeb that's always up at the crack of dawn, umming and erring, padding until another big block of infomercials. Oh, what a leader, stirring stuff. 
You want to have a crack at Wingard? No wonder so many players leave ASAP with David. Hi, hungry. I'm Dad Kosh at the helm. Speaking of timely exits, thanks for the chad. Nice to know Hawthorne's own adopter port player Star Factory is still humming along nicely after all these years. Years upon years of realising potential that you never could. What do you reckon Wingard's worth this weekend? Five, six goals? And look, I know your feral fans aren't worried about all of that, being oh so proud of how the club has blooded its youngsters. You think the future's rosy? Our future's now. And how's this spiel for the black, white and teal? Saturday, when you step into our Tassie fortress, Hawthorne's going to short-circuit your season. And with each siren, Port Adelaide will fade to black. Not bad, not bad. Well, so it'll be interesting to see Rocky out there, Rockcliffe, mm-hmm. up against his nephew, Morrison. Is that right? Oh, yeah, I did know that. What yeah. am I talking about? They're related. I did know that, yeah. I remember when Rocky was up for trade, I thought, gee, it would be nice to have him in our <laughs> midfield, and wouldn't it be now? <laughs> anyway, there was an article I was reading the other day. Who would have thought that Rockcliffe would play really well in the midfield in the absence? Of, well, in his in his current role, mm. whereas they've been playing him at the half forward, <laughs> off the half back line. I mean, you just you got to worry about some of these coaches. What's your tip? You sound like you're a bit more boyish oh, I than I am. I, I'm not. I can't have much confidence, but uh, I think Port aren't that fantastic. No, I, I agree with that. I think in spite and of... in if this was in Port Adelaide I'd be worried, but as it's in Tassie, yep. there's there's something there's no. something there for us. I agree. We're massively undermanned. We have no expectations. Yeah. In spite of everything I've said that I don't think we deserve to be favourites, um that's just a byproduct of I have no idea from game to game what Hawthorne's gonna serve up. Uh, the ways in which we can perform well, uh, the ways in which our poor footy manifests. I have no clue what we dish up at Tassie. Um, so, yeah, I back us. Why not? I could be wrong, but I could easily be wrong going against us. So, <laughs> you do, you cannot pick Hawthorne this year. You don't know what they're going to dish up. Now, uh, if you do want to go and cheer on the brown and gold and you're not in the apple aisle, you can go down to... Victoria Park and see us play Collingwood. Is this the uh, the Box Hill game? Yeah, the Box Hill game. Yeah. Yep. What time? Don't know on? who's going to be in the ruck down there. That'll be interesting. <laughs> Ned Reeves, of course. Oh, Ned Reeves. Yeah, yes, that's why I we did that. Nearly said Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's why we did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. He, he played last week. He didn't have much time on the ground. I no. didn't didn't notice him too much. But what time and is that? Oh, it's two o'clock. Also on the Saturday. On the Saturday, yeah. Okay. Well, if you don't feel like watching the seniors, I guess you can watch Box Hill. Well, you always have it on your phone. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you can uh, double screen it. Yeah. All right. Come on. Let's hear the multi. All right. Well, you lead with the teams and I'll give you my picks. It's a big round, mate. (laughs) Big round. I know there's at least one game that's an absolute... An absolute humdinger? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Anyway, go on. (laughs) Sydney versus Collingwood. The Friday (sighs) night special. Collingwood. If Sydney get up for that, that is ridiculous. Fantastic. <laughs> Here we go. Hawthorne, Port Adelaide, any margin? Well, I've been instructed by listeners of this podcast to tip against us. So I guess I'm going to continue that as to not incur their wrath. So I'll tip Port by no, 10 no, points. No, no, come on. You've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to vote selfishly. Come on. This is one of the tougher games of the round. It's it, got to be said. I have no idea. Uh, let, look, Hawthorne then. Hawthorne by 10 points. Go to the Ash Brown special. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Have we ever? When was the last time we won by ten points? I just. I don't know. Why is this a question for me? You okay. should be asking him. Uh, dogs, we'll get him on the pod next. You ask him face to face. Dogs ruse. You were being so entirely facetious when you said this is an easy round. Exactly. <laughs> How did I? We've been doing this podcast for like three years. How do I not read this? Um, the dogs. Adelaide West Coast Eagles. Uh, West Coast. What? Yeah. That's like the hardest guy. Anyway, Gold Coast Suns versus Geelong. Geelong. Richmond Essendon. Richmond. Melbourne Giants. That was the one that I was struggling with. Melbourne Giants. But they're 15th and the Giants are third. Yeah, I know. And Lockie Whitfield had 170 super coach points on the weekend. Yeah, but it's the MCG. And this is exactly the sort of game where Melbourne miraculously turn up and destroy my multi. <laughs> so I go Melbourne. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, okay, St yeah. Kilda Carlton. Uh, oh no, that was the one. St <laughs> Carlton. Oh my god, it gets worse. Basically, whoever loses, their coach is sacked the next week. Basically, oh, well, uh-huh. well, maybe more the case for Carlton than St Kilda, but neither team can afford to lose that game. Uh, Carlton have to turn it around. Wow, got to take some chances, mate. And uh, this is easy. Dockers, Brisbane Lions. Uh, Dockers. What's over in the West, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, well, that is really the only reason I chose that way, so... Well, there, there you go. You so, see, so it's uh, it Collingwood into Hawthorne, into the Dogs, into Eagles, into Geelong, into Tigers, <laughs> Melbourne, Carlton... <laughs> and Frio. Well, when you spell it I out think like we that. can see <laughs> where it's going to end. With a whole lot of cash <laughs> in my pocket, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, you got to take some chances, don't you? So, is this how you'll be enjoying the uh, season from now on? <laughs> One dollar at a time. Just on every weekend. Well, you've got to have a go. It's, just, <laughs> it's a single dollar. You've got to have a crack. I'm looking forward to seeing Matt Walker come up into the ones as well as Hanrahan. Ah, uh, look, I, I look. Let's address what I said before. I'm still there's still a lot to be excited about with this season, and you've you've touched upon it perfectly there. There's still uh, CJ as well to come through. He, he looks the goods. There's the mid-season draft. I'm excited to see what we're going to do there. Um, I don't know. Just the landscape's changed. I don't know if this is for any other fans out there. The landscape has changed for me a bit with 2019, but... Oh, they're definitely waning. We've seen that yeah. in the crowds. But uh, 2020, 2020 I'm excited about. So uh, it's all about the ride till there, I guess. What it feels like is about 2005, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, has a bit of that whiff about it. Five, Not six. to say that we stink, but... Well, no. You can just see... Well, I smell success on the horizon. You can see successes beginning. Success is wafting like a pie on a windowsill. Amazing. <laughs> That's more poetic than what you'd expect from this podcast, I admit, <laughs> listeners. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, does that indicate we've gone on far too long? It's time to go home? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot to talk about that's happy this week. <laughs> oh, you don't need to frame it like that. Uh, please, if you've enjoyed this podcast, get on iTunes, rate oh, and review oh, us. Oh, we need some uh, we need some ideas for the buy. What are we doing for the buy? Well, actually, yeah, you can do that. You can hit us up on iTunes and maybe in your review, maybe just give us an idea of what you might like to hear over our buy specials. And there was that there was that uh, question we had. They wanted to have a rant of the rant. Oh, they wanted to like like a best of the rants. Yeah, that won't that wouldn't take too long, would it, Nick? 
Yeah, sure. Sounds super appealing to put together. <laughs> <laughs> well, just roughly three years yeah, of... Just bring it... Well, you wouldn't need to go back through all the recordings. You could just read them again because you've kept them, right? Yeah. No, they're all on my Google Drive. Yeah. They're so all there. Just, yeah. I'm not committing to that. Don't, <laughs> don't bully me into it. Oh, I, I appreciate that listeners I tried, want it. But I tried, Carla. I got a couple of great reviews on iTunes recently. One from Australian car fan. The passion never dies. Thanks for making me feel connected to the Hawthorne Football Club each week. Five stars. And in addition to That's that, we... That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> well, you like this one too. From Decreto23. Highlight of the week. Truly the go-to pod for all Hawks fans. Many in my weekly rotation, but none I look forward to more than this. Makes the wins even better and the losses easier to handle. Keep it up, boys. Five stars there for our Hawk Talk podcast from Decreto23. We thank those guys for that. Yeah, good fun. So you too can get on iTunes, rate and review us there. We'd really love it and appreciate it. If you could do that, hit us up on Twitter as well, at Pod. Keep on building that community. It's, uh, it's just a more enjoyable season. Whether you're winning or losing... If you can share it with fellow Hawks fans, it makes it all the more fun. And you can find us on Facebook too, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod. And hasn't that just grown out of sight lately? That's Yeah, and don't forget to call out those people gunning for Bruce and, and Strats with a couple of facts. Just set them right. Do it gently. Nah, whatever. You can't argue without facts. <laughs> or, is just... it, or is that you can't argue with facts? <laughs> I always get confused by that phrase. I'd say be gentle unless it's someone saying Sicily should go forward, in which case just <laughs> bloody unleash. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know my feelings on that. Anyway, uh, that's going to do us for the Hawk Talk podcast. What, what's your margin, Tiz, in the end? I don't think we got a margin from you in the end. Oh, I think it'll be under three goals. Yeah. I wouldn't expect Port to completely capitulate. They've got a good midfield there. We'll have our chance. What are you going to be doing 3.20 on a Sunday? You're just going to be sort of a bit listless, sort of just... Wandering around, not knowing what to do with yourself. Well, I've got to start looking at the uh, the mid-season draftees, seeing who Hawthorne might be interested in and going through that and just uh, wondering how the AFL is going to cop all the abuse from the SINFL clubs when they take their best players out of their, <laughs> out of their lineups that are looking at premierships and how are they going to be recompensed and stuff like that. Oh, it's going to be terrific. You think the... Uh, election was the end of the politicking. You've got another thing coming. It's <laughs> plenty to look forward to here on the Hawk Talk <laughs> podcast. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.